Welcome to a very special bonus holiday episode of This Small Town. What's so special about it? Well, it's Christmas Eve. I've had four pomegranate margaritas, and if you listen really closely, you may even be able to hear the dulcet tones of my dishwasher, trying to erase any trace of the enormous dinner I made today while I record this intro from the couch. You could even hear the festive chatter of my husband yelling at other husbands while playing a video game. It's an experiential episode, you could say. <sighs> hey, Allison, what's up? Mm, nothing. Well, you sound a little concerned, perplexed, maybe quizzical, some might say. Somebody just asked me what Christmas is like in a small town, and the truth is, I don't even know where to start. Hmm. Would it be easier in the form of a song? That actually sounds harder. Hmm, but also more fun? Maybe. Hmm. Okay, well, you... You walk... You know what? Why don't you sing it? You walk along Main Street with the same three stores that have been here longer than your grandma, Eleanor, and everyone in town shopped there before, so you're all getting the same things. Brenda's Count Barn and the Old Slack Shack can outfit you in something off the rack. Just be careful cause the toilet's out of whack, but it just adds to the charm. Then you go to the craft fair to assuage your guilt For leaving this town you buy a queen size jilt That's a handmade heavy duty denim quilt And you're giving it to your mom And she's giving you one back! Now you've nearly gotten everyone their Christmas gift Except your uncle Lars who runs a long time grift So you stop real quick at the pump and go And buy him a roll of fruity mentos the Freshmaker? Your ex-boyfriend just pumped your gas. He's also the mayor and has a thin mustache. You smile and see they only take cash. You have to borrow ten bucks from him. Your ex, the mayor, calls your cousin Jane. Cousin Jane texts your mom, says, she okay? Now everyone thinks you don't have money to pay. Ten dollars for some stupid gas. Now your dad needs the truck to haul the festive meats So you take the one cab in town down snowy streets To grandma's house and the cabbie knows Exactly the route because they used to bone Is that a universal small town experience? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that comes up and it's a wonderful life What about everything that happens with your family? Right You walk in the door and everyone's there The tinsel is strewn without a lick of care But it's a special night with magic in the air Because Grandpa's wearing his false teeth Christmas does fall on a Monday this year Pastor John takes too many rolls Aunt Peg brought her salad in a jello mold And all your cousins must be feeling cold Because they're wearing matching denim vests I guess Christmas in a small town is the best I don't know if it's the best. I mean, I've had some really good Christmases in cities. Like the time I sat alone in a studio apartment eating a vegan burrito that I got from a restaurant I'm almost certain was run by a cult. 
Yes, I'd hate to imply that was not also a good Christmas. But there is something about spending the holiday season in a small town that's just different. You know, like the walls are closing in on you. So place that dusty angel on a grain silo with a drone that you stole from a guy named Mo and heave out a hearty ho-ho-ho because the snow is starting to fall. Your dad's watching old baseball. Your brother's sleeping down the hall. A moose ate the butterball. But most importantly of all, it's Christmas in a town that's small. And this simply wouldn't be a very special Christmas episode without at least one celebrity guest. That's right. It's my mother, Sherry Page, who, for years and years, has been talking of a squirrel that sought to destroy her. So I called her. Hello? Hi. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Hi. Can you hear me okay? Okay, you want to tell me about your squirrel story? It was a squirrel, right? It was a red squirrel. Yes. A red squirrel. A one. Okay. Uh, Gary said he was working for the city still, so it must be six, seven years ago. It was in the fall. There was no snow on the ground or anything like that. I was in the house. I was, I don't know, probably cooking because I was in the kitchen by the big window there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the squirrel had been hanging out for a while, like maybe a week or something like that, Mm -hmm. because my mother said that she saw it earlier and it had kind of chased her into the car. The squirrel chased grandma to her car? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so anyway, yeah, we're, we're like... I don't. I think we were probably going to be eating or something because we were by the table, mm-hmm. or I was preparing food or something. And I happened to look out the window, and this squirrel came across from the tree across from the driveway, and came right up to the house, and started climbing up the wall where the big bow window is. And it climbed on the frame of that window, um, I would say, over halfway up the height of the window, which is it's fairly high. But it's still outside and you're inside, right? It's still outside and I'm inside screaming, yes. <laughs> and You were screaming because it ran up the window? Yeah, it was trying to get in. <laughs> It was like taking its claws and trying to get in. But the window was closed, right? It could see us in there. (laughs) The window is closed, right? The window was closed. Yes, it was. So there was no way for the squirrel to actually get inside? No. But screaming nevertheless? No. Okay. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Just trying to clarify. So it, you, it, it, physically, it and, could not reach you at that point. And it scared me. It had it had a 
devilish look in his eyes. <laughs> How did, was it making eye contact with you? Yes. The whole time it was climbing up there, it did. Okay. And, <laughs> and it scared me. And I think, I'm not, I can't remember, but I think Jacob was outside. Mm-hmm. Lacey was maybe outside too. And then, um, so I told them to come in. Mm-hmm. And then Grandma drove in again. You told them to come inside to get away from the squirrel because you thought the get squirrel away might from go the after squirrel. them. Yeah, because I thought it was going to attack them. And then Grandma drove up and she... Yeah, I think she came in for a little bit, and then she left again, I think, in the car. And anyway, this this whole thing was going on, and, and this squirrel would not leave. And so I said, I'm calling the cops, <laughs> and we're or the sheriff or what, whatever. The I'm sheriff? Calling, That's even higher up I'm than the cops. I'm calling law enforcement to come and get this animal out of here because it's absolutely nuts. And so I called there, <laughs> and I really, really hoped that they threw that tape away that the recorder recorded, because I was screaming that the squirrel was going to get in the house. And so I asked if they could send a person over to retrieve the squirrel. They sent a deputy over. And he, he got here, and he said, so where's this crazy squirrel that you have been seeing? <laughs> that and you've been seeing? Me like Sounds like you I was invented it. Like, like I was the crazy one, uh-huh. which I, at that point, probably was more crazy than the squirrel. But um, then he, he asked, you know, where is this? because he said he didn't see it anywhere out there. I said, okay, I've been watching it the whole time. I said, it's up in the tree over at the end of the house. I said, if you walk over there, I guarantee you that squirrel's going to come down that tree and will try to attack you. And he got over there and he said, oh yeah, there it is right there. And the squirrel came down the tree as soon as he got close enough and it, it just came right down the tree and ran right over to him and was going to run right up his pants leg. <laughs> and I said, you got, I said, you got to trap him or something. And so he had a trap, a live trap, and so he put that out. He, he put some bait in there or whatever. The first time that he did that, the squirrel ran in, grabbed the bait, and left. <laughs> Yeah, he had lunch and then he left. And <laughs> quick snack. <laughs> then, and then he said, oh, "Well, he said, you know, the, it didn't trip the door, so he said I will put more bait in there, and then I'll just manually put the door down because obviously it wasn't going to scare the squirrel at all." Mm-hmm. And so that's what he did then, and he um, slammed down the door on the on the cage then. And got it in there, and the squirrel was absolutely going crazy in there. And uh, he said, "He said, well, 
I'm gonna I'll put it in the car and then I'll just take it out you know and drop it off somewhere or whatever and um, I said no uh, you will not be letting this squirrel back out I said you get rid of this squirrel somehow because I said it's gonna it's gonna hurt somebody and he uh, he put the the cage in the car. A squirrel was going absolutely crazy. He put his jacket or he had a blanket or something that he threw over top of the cage so the squirrel would settle down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he took off and then he went somewhere, I don't know where, and then he came back again. When he came back, he said, um... Yep, he said, I took it out to let us out. And it turned on me and started running up my leg. <laughs> so he said, he, he got away from it and then uh, disposed of it. Boom, it was gone. Death sentence. So, yeah, there's, that's your story of the squirrel. <laughs> and have you seen any other little red squirrels like that since that one because are those uh, typical to the area one, no. i feel no. like they're kind of rare the word got around hmm. um to, hold on what, the word got I around to the other squirrels what did what did they call the <laughs> what you what just they call said the, the deputy the squirrel killer or something i don't know i can't remember what when you just said the word got around, are you implying that the other red squirrels heard about what happened and did not come around your house? Yeah, I think so. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, he, I think he was known as the squirrel squirrel killer or something. I, I can't remember now. But yeah, they had a name for him at the police station, I think. Do you what do you think was wrong with it, or do you think this was just a personality quirk? <laughs> mm-hmm. It was possessed. Oh, possessed. <laughs> Twas the night before Christmas when in the ice house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The beer cans were tossed on the floor without care. Pam passed out, somehow, sat up in a chair. The others went home at a sensible time, but Pam wanted a walleye, and that's not a crime. Last night it seemed smart to set up out here. She had her warm coat, ham roll-ups, and some beer. When out on the ice there arose such a clatter, Pam jumped from her chair to see what was the matter. Away to the door she ran, bleary-eyed, threw it open, and, Ah, crap on a cracker, she cried. The moon shone down on the ice with winds gusting. Pam's bladder was plumb full of beer, near to busting. She peeled off her snowsuit, bulky and thick, to squat in the moonlight and pee real quick. With a sigh of relief, she pulled her suit on. Feeling a presence, she called out, Is that John? But she knew John was out at the bar with the fellas. She'd said, Go ahead, to deny she'd be jealous but she'd wished then that she'd insisted he come, because now here she was, all alone, fingers numb. 
Ho, 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 said the stranger out there on the ice. Ah, great, it's a weirdo. Now isn't this nice? She called out again through the bluster and snow. Uh, Now just you stay there, or I guess you could go. It's me, Santa, he said, you know, from Christmas. I'm not falling for that. Stay out of my business. I'm in need of help, he said, pleading looks in his eye. Well, I ain't doing nothing for some random guy. Now, Pam, that's no attitude for this season. He knew her name, and she knew of no reason. Say, how do you know? Then Pam slipped on the ice. She screamed like a goose, and it didn't sound nice. She flew back, but didn't land smack on the hard stuff. She was in his big arms. Wait, was he kind of buff? Thank you, she stuttered, both cold and so flustered. You're out here quite late, he said, smelling like custard. I was fishing for walleye, thought I'd take a quick nap. I've been there before, he said, and then snap. The ice, it gave way, and the big man fell in. It was just he who fell, Pam did not, by a chin. Ah, heck, she said, looking frantic and scared. There's no one around, we are screwed, she declared. Go back toward the road, he said, teeth chattering. My sleigh is right there, though it's taken a battering. Grab Rudolph and bring him up to the edge. He can haul me right up and I can climb on the ledge. The bearded man bobbed up and down like an apple. Pam carefully skated on ice so moon dappled. She couldn't believe her eyes when she got there. Proudly stood Rudolph, an actual reindeer. He snorted and stomped, his breath making droplets. Pam's eyes nearly froze at the sight in their sockets. Come on, Rudy, she said, not believing her words. Santa's real, I guess, and he's submerged by two-thirds. With a thick length of rope she kept in her blue truck. She tied Rudolph to Santa and hoped for good luck. She and Rudy did strive with all of their might, their faces all pinched and the rope pulling tight. Once more, shouted Pam, we can do it, I know. Then Rudy lifted off floating above all the snow. He was flying up high, and Pam couldn't believe it. But there just wasn't time to stop and perceive it, for Santa popped up like a kernel of corn. He flopped onto Pam, and I assume swears were sworn. They stood when they could, and he lifted one arm. Got that walleye, he said, the fish wriggling in alarm. Thank you, said Pam, taking it, still in a daze. Then Rudy crashed down, legs splayed out four ways. Good boy, Santa said, petting his head. Now let's fix up that sleigh, give some gifts and to bed. Pam quickly chipped in to help fix the sleigh. That's right, Santa ran into a mechanic this day. They said their farewells under a blanket of stars. The sexual tension was there, which she'd save for memoirs. Santa flew through the night while Pam climbed in her Ford, walleye in tow, nine reindeer on her dashboard. This Small Town is written, produced, and narrated by me, Allison Page. Thanks to Meg Trowbridge for today's special Christmas song. An extra special thanks to my mom, Sherry Page, for whom Christmas is canceled because she got pink eye. Sorry, Mom. I mean, not that I gave it to her. She got pink eye not from me, just to be clear. This Small Town logo by Peter Townley. We're between seasons right now, but you can keep up with my written pieces on Small Town Minnesota at allisonpage.substack.com. 
Happy holidays, and as always, hi to the folks! <laughs>